needs a little lubricant. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Shield Bash. I am Britt to my right. Mark playing Arnus Quinfrig. Will playing Nath Medicar. Hey, this is Jason. I'm playing Tim Westcrown. <laughs> Curtis playing Ronan. And Pete playing uh, Meta of the Ingali. May Sawenwe bless you and keep you forever. In this marriage. <laughs> marriage is what brings us together today. Kurt, I have to ask, is it hard to follow Jason in these entries? <laughs> you know, if you don't have anything scripted, you're just kind of out there. Who, you think I scripted the shit? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, I do. In the last five seconds, at least. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, I don't know if that meets the term scripted or not. But My favorite one's the sexy bedroom voice. <laughs> Hi, this is Jason. Hey, Play baby. Tam Westcrown. <laughs> so sultry. I try. So today, as we sit, we wish to discuss a few various other things, but first and foremost among them, the level up. So, Mark, tell us what Artemis has recently discovered he can do. Well, Artemis, when he hit fourth level, the uh, big thing was that he got a, a bonus to one of his ability scores, which he put in dexterity. So now Artemis has a 19 dexterity. Ooh. And uh, kind of exciting for him, at fourth level, as an unchained knife master rogue, he gets debilitating injury, which means that he can apply... Uh, bewilderment, disorientated, or hampered to a foe that he hits with a sneak attack. If they take sneak attack damage, he gets to add that on as a little extra uh, to stick them with. That is versatile. And also, even more importantly, is I get uncanny dodge at this level. So that means that I retain my dex bonus to AC when flat-footed, which really helps you not get hit when you're flat-footed. So a little offense, a little defense... Kind of nice. Yes, and for uh, for my feet, um, I took Twist Away because my fort save is kind of shit. Um, it allows me that uh, if I'm wearing light or no armor and I am forced by, if I'm forced to make an attempted saving throw with fortitude, I can use an immediate action to instead attempt a reflex save in its place at the same DC. And if I succeed at this throw, uh, the attack has a reduced effect on a successful save if I would normally ignore the effects entirely. So it's kind of nice. I get to substitute my best saving throw for my worst saving throw. That's pretty nice. Do we also want to... you want to tell the people how you got a feat at 4th level? Um, did I... Oh, well, I guess I didn't tell you guys that last time when I started, because, yes, I did. I heard you blew the GM. No, that was you, Pete. Oh, <laughs> my bad. Yeah. And, and you're the reason why we can't play anymore today, because you won't do it again. Damn. <laughs> hey, as I discussed earlier, once a month is the limit. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much uh, it for Artemis at fourth level. That's that was kind of nice. Pretty nice, yeah. I mean, usually fourth is kind of a dud, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, that's some good stuff. Will. Well, um, yes? Question. So you actually you had that feat at third level? Well, actually, I got it with a combat trick because oh, I had okay. a combat trick come up for a uh, unchained rogue talent, so I chose combat trick instead, and that's how I got that. Okay. Uh, Will, what's well, Nap got going on? 
Nath actually got uh, not not a ton of things, but the things that he did get are pretty exciting. Um, Excite me. He uh, went up to a D8 for the uh, hit die on his unarmed attack, which is just great. Previously, he was a 6? Yeah, D6. Right. And he's not very strong, so that's much needed. Well, with his massive amount of hitting, we wouldn't notice anyway. That's fair. <laughs> very fair. He got hit a lot, though. Yeah, he that's, that's the idea. Yeah. Uh, he did, I think, got... I don't think I did get a... S- yeah, no no feet this time. I uh, got his... Uh, what's it called? Uh, key s- power? Yeah, key got a key power. power. So uh, I picked uh, key stand. So now I can stand up uh, without being... Without provoking and... Oh, uh, that sounds as like... A um, that is super helpful. Up, it? Was it? What? Doesn't that sound like kip up for the... Uh, very I similar. Don't know. Very yeah. similar. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so um, as a swift action, I can stand up. From prone. From prone. Yeah, from prone. I'm Without sorry, provoking. I'm, I'm just <laughs> reading this again here. <laughs> Does it cost a key point to do that? or is So you don't have to spend a key point. Um, as long as you, as have, long a as you have a key point in yeah. your pool, you can stand up swiftly. And that cool. still provokes, but by spending a key point uh, and standing up swiftly, you can do the non-provoking action. Ah, yes. Yeah, but that's about it. And other than more armor and you know all that. War armor is that what you just said? More armor. Oh, from more. the uh, bracers that we got right as we leveled up. Right. What's your movement speed I now? I hope there's treasure. It's still forty. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I did my sense modems up to a twelve now. Noise. Cam, Jason. All right. So you guys know I'm a pain in the ass rules lawyer, right? I've heard that about you. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't remember what I took because it was a while ago since I leveled up. So, Well, the problem is if you took Twist Away as a combat feat, yeah. it is not a combat feat. Well, then I must have taken someone else then. <laughs> if you'd like to go over my notes, no, no, it's you not can at a later It's day. a very interesting feat because uh, like, I looked at it. I did not know it existed, and I'm like, yes. I kind of want this feat because it's very nice. Twist Away? Yeah. yeah. That sounds cool to me. But then I was, I was reading it, and I'm like, wait a minute. Combat feat? That doesn't – hmm. Because it doesn't tell me on here what I took at what level. It just tells me what I have. have yeah. Hero Lab's pretty phenomenal, if you ask me. I'm, <laughs> I'm a recent convert. But yeah. I love it. It's not. A, there's no it's great. track record for, for that. It I doesn't mean, like put them in sequentially? No. Nope. No. Actually, it just alphabetizes them or something? Yes. It's more or less. Actually, yeah. Exactly. Alphabetical. Um, it, there is a transaction here, for purchases and look. things like that, but uh, there's not... Hey, you went to this level, you got this feat. You went to this, and you got this many skill points. There's not a log of that or anything, no. Did you grab two weapon fighting, maybe? That was what I did at first, because I had the human. I had two weapon fighting, and then whatever the other one was. Combat reflexes or dodge? Yeah. Because you got weapon finesse for free. Right. And I think I get uh, the two weapon fighting I had to take, and then I think I had a bonus feat that I took, but I don't remember how I built it, because I came in at third level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, sure. benevolent GM. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, the the feats stack up and everything. I was just, I was just curious. I don't know if it counts as benevolent to let the person that's <laughs> joining your party be the same level as everybody else. <laughs> Might be reaching. Hey, uh, old, old school D&D days, <laughs> whenever I started playing, I would have come in at first level and you guys would have all had to protect me while I cowered in the back yep. until I gained enough experience now, to catch up. True story. As a GM... That is running an adventure path. 
or when two. someone joins the game, I don't start them at the same level. I start them behind. Not at level one, but yeah. a level or two behind. Let right. me preface this. I could understand them being behind, but let's say that we were much higher level than this. Like he was talking about at level one while we were like level five or six where he would just die immediately. Well, no. That just doesn't sound fun. No, no. See, he cowers in the back. He gets the same XP from you all killing everything, and he gets like six levels at a time. Yeah, he catches up a much quicker. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's yeah. better. It, it was usually like two or three sessions, and you were pretty much yeah, like either a level behind or really close to being the same. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, the only problem, like, that is how I learned to start gaming, too, but it just doesn't work so well with adventure paths because they are graded on a scale, pretty much, and if you're, I mean, with this size group, we could probably do it with one person, but if we had to replace, like, three players, mm -hmm. it'd be a fucking massacre. Yeah, it'd be not nice. Not nice at all. So what about Tam? Yeah, um, so the original Rogue um, got a lot of the same things. Go figure. A debilitating <gasps> strike, uh, the skill point. Her skill point <coughs> also went into dex, but hers is a little more spread out. So her dex is only 17. And her Rogue talent, she grabbed uh, Trap Spotter because... Well, quite frankly, because of what happened in the last session where huh. you changed the... Because um, I'm evil. Yeah. <laughs> I will admit it was frustrating that you did it, like, after we'd already checked for traps. Mm. And then, like, I rolled again and told you the result. And oh, then you're talking you changed about the chest? The you're talking about the chest? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's about, I mean, hit points and skills. Not a whole lot really going on besides trap spotter. And, well, actually, that's pretty much about it. Got another couple levels before things really kick off. Tra trap spotter is better than train spotter, any day. Yeah, <laughs> but not as not as good as tranny spotter because you really want to know when that <laughs> shit's going down. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Curtis, can you tell us something new about Ronin? Well, Ronin uh, has a few more hit points. He. Uh, he upped his dex by one point. Surprise, surprise. Yes, yes, and I get to use judgments. Hey, Kurt, say that whole sentence again. That whole sentence again. That whole sentence, yeah, no. Um, no, it, uh, I added one point to my dex, got a few more hit points, and then some skill points, which that's always good for the Inquisitor. Definitely. And then I added to his abilities, he got... A second judgment, so now I can use two judgments at one time. Judgments. Yeah, and that's uh, that's so really. Which, I did get another. I got a second level spell. Okay, also. I've never played an Inquisitor, so tell me, uh, do you get to select a from a list of in judgments, or uh, whenever you want one, or how does that work? Yeah, so I get to use a judgment um, once per day, or I'm sorry. So far, I've only ever used it once per day. Uh-huh. And um, I get to select from this list of judgments that give me special abilities, like fast healing, uh, bonuses to attacks. I get bonuses on saves. Um, and I can pick which one of those I want to add, and it lasts until the end of the combat. Okay. So it sounds like it's a little bit different than, like, uh, oh, your um, alchemist, where he, he gets different discoveries... You know, it's, it sounds like you get you have a list that you can pick from, and Pete, um, that is correct. But there's also another aspect to that. Yeah. So say Ronan is sitting there shooting off his shit uh -huh. with the plus one to attack pew, pew. Inquisitor mm -hmm. aspect going. 
and then he starts tanking because we all die and he's the only one left. Okay. He can switch that ah. to the healing judgment ah. during the combat, but he no couldn't start another one the next uh, fight because he can only do it once a day. Okay. But while it's active, he can change so it. So per combat is what I heard, yeah. Yep. So note to future self. Ronan. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I can do those. Uh, I can do two of those at during a combat now. And I also added a uh, second level spell and, and my bonus spell. And uh, that's that's really all that uh, that Ronan got out of fourth level. So next level is kind of the big one for him. Yeah, buddy. That's when he's finally going to take a precise shot. And he grows an inch. <laughs> and his heart grows <laughs> three sizes. Pete, what do you got for Miss Meta? All right, so at fourth level, Meta gains a hex, and uh, hex that I took was flight. That way, uh, you know, if I fall from something with my uh, current featherfall negative three climb, um, <laughs> I would instantly be able to do featherfall. Nice. I can also do levitate once a day. Which, um, which <laughs> yeah, that comes in handy. <laughs> later on, I'll be able to fly. At will, but that'll be later. I also get Wandering Spirit, which means every day when I prep my spells, I can grab a new spirit to add to my repertoire. Uh, currently, I'm looking at using the Heavens <laughs> for the time being. Later on, I might probably switch over to uh, Bones. That way, you know, life and death kind of scenario. Bones. Um, but the spirits give my animal companion or my familiar some added stuff and give me an extra ability. Nice. Um, and I also got an extra spell prepped per day at first level and second level. Mm -hmm. So I prepped Cure Moderate Wounds. We like that one. And uh, for first level, I've got Color Spray prepped. Yeah. Granted, Color Spray! That only, I only have access to that because of the Wandering Spirit I took. Mm -hmm. I gained a base will save. Uh, my attribute point went into strength, so now I'm only at negative one instead of negative two strength. Woohoo! Baby steps. And then perception went back up, and diplomacy went up, and heal went up, and some other things went up. So my highest skills are diplomacy and perception still at plus 13. Hmm. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Very, very nice. It has its benefits. So, uh, anything new with uh, Cicero? Uh, Cicero, no. Um, next level, I'll actually be able to talk to him. Ooh. But, uh... He's, you know what he's going to say. He's going to say, hey, fuck what? <laughs> Feed me Feed meta. me meta. He's a plant. It's oxygen, sunlight, he's fine. <laughs> you have uh, it's a reference to a movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Oh. Well, wait a minute. Seriously? <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. What? Never seen it. Okay, that now you've got it. homework. It's a it's a cult classic. You gotta you gotta yeah, see it. There's a version with Rick Moranis here. Yeah, so oh, the yeah. most recent one. Yeah, and and Steve Martin. Yeah. Yes. That whole cast is actually pretty pretty famous. phenomenal. Be yeah. a dentist. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. Steve Martin, Rick Moranis, everybody in that's pretty. Even the girls that sing, two of them are from like major music groups from back then. I used to watch that all the time. It's fabulous. Actually, uh, just going back real quick to uh, to Ronan here, I made a mistake on being able to use two judgments at once. That's not till eighth level. 
How I dare d- you, sir or ma'am? That's a I huge know, jump. But I get to use it twice a day. So when I get to do it twice, I get to do it twice a day. Okay, wait. So you get one judgment twice per combat? No. One judgment twice per day. So if I have two combats in a day, I get to use judgment twice. Oh. Okay. That makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Still, incrementally more handy. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so is everybody comfortable? I know it was pretty hot in here last night. I made some adjustments. Well, i tell you what, uh, the fan going on high was certainly making a difference last night. It's definitely helping today. Well, I also cranked the AC back down more, and I put a, another fan in. And we thank you, sir. Okay. Does anybody have anything else? Well, listeners, uh, I have discovered a rather simple method of Syncing up our audio with some rotating pictures. It'll be a fancy, like, high school-level slideshow. So it'll be real nice. Uh, And those are going to be going up on YouTube. So look for those there. Uh, Actually, by the time this goes up, we should already have some up there. So you can check out the Shield Bash channel on YouTube. And the slideshow is going to just be rotating pictures of Jason, right? No, I mean, not just me. Like Tam's fig. Sometimes it'll be me and other people. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but always Jason. Yes. <laughs> Jason I mean, I'm and doing the all the people. I'm doing all the editing. <laughs> that is fair. You got Jason, Jason as a J- dragon. You got Jason <laughs> as a snake. You got Jason as a rat. You got Jason. And then you got... <laughs> it'll, it'll just be the, the finger guns with the big grin look. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Then these smoldery, smoky eyes and the <laughs> Tam West crowd. In, in all seriousness, yeah, if Jason did not do what he does for this podcast, there would not be a podcast. This is very true. Well, as and much as I appreciate and we that, thank you. that could be said for you and Kurt. Well, and certainly, but yeah. you take on a lot of responsibility here, and we, we do appreciate it. I want you to know that. <laughs> well, there could be, like, no editing. Just right? put the thing straight <laughs> on the internet. Oh, my God. That was Shield Bash it. Raw. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I like it raw, but not for this. <laughs> oh, I don't think it'll work out very I well. I couldn't even imagine that. 20 minutes of... Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what kind of raw you're imagining in this conversation. Sorry, I'm not sure which version of raw that you're imagining in this conversation. So I'm just going to go ahead and presume you meant this audio as raw because yes, the fact that I'm married to your sister, I and really we, don't want you imagining the no. other kind. And and we in this case no. do not mean rules as written. No. <laughs> do we need to bring a towel? No. What we mean is professional wrestling, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Oh yeah, brother. <laughs> I got so you for 20 minutes. <laughs> Let me, anything anything else? And then I, I got one thing I want to ask us about. The YouTube thing is awesome. It'll be happening. It's cool. Well, it was nice working with you guys now that we'll be getting sued by Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> that was supposed to be the Macho Man. Yeah. Oh, shit, man. Dude, Randy Savage? Give him a hey, break. Hey, he hasn't even fair, watched like, Forrest Gump. He's I mean, like 12 on. years old. Let's, let's give him <laughs> credit here. Uh... Sorry, I'm that not was a pretty smart funny. Man, <laughs> to be Jenny, fair, but I know what wrestling is. <laughs> to be fair, he's not Cat, the only one Cat, who Cat, says Cat brother every time he enters the ring. Captain Thano takes no prisoner. <laughs> 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 I really want that to be my next character voice. Hi guys, um, we're going to go and beat up those guys, and it's going to be really good. And um, I'm going to cast punts, and it's going to. Uh, well, look, I exploded its head. My, so my, my, name is, my, my name is Baba, Baba Boucher. Baba, Baba Boucher. I'm a brawler. 
uh, and uh, and I give people to people's elbow called uh, oh, Kevin Thano, <laughs> Thano Prentice. Bobby Boucher is clearly a barbarian. That, that's right. Yeah. And, and he like he likes Vicky Belcourt, <laughs> and, and she showed me her movies, and I liked them too. That, that was compliment to Captain Insano. My mama said, "Mama, mama, mama, mama said, Twisters is a tactical genius. teeth, and ain't got no toothbrush. That, that, that's why the Red Man's assassins are so mean, cause they got those tall tooth sabers with no toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the flesh gets stuck in the tooth. Uh, Mr. Sandler, I know you're never going to listen to this, but we apologize. Um, <laughs> But only a little bit. And Take it as a compliment. It's an homage. Yes. And we appreciate what you do. Yes. <laughs> Watch the guy's like really a gamer. Well. Paying attention to the podcast just, community. You just never know. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his next Netflix movie is going to be about us. Oh, shit. <laughs> Who the fuck making fun of Bobby Boucher? <laughs> hey, you know what, though? That'd be way cool if he contacted us for, you know, background material. I'd be, I'd be fine with that. I'd, I'd love to meet Adam Zandler. That'd be oh, yeah, that'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> I, w- I would love to meet anybody famous <laughs> involved with podcasting or gaming. Well, yeah, I don't you think need that. to come to GaryCon. Oh, oh. GaryCon in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. It is a uh, commemorative con for Gary Gaiax. It's called uh, Celebrate a Life Well Played. That's their little tagline. And lots and lots of old school uh, TSR uh, people are there every year. I mean, his, his kids put that on, don't they? Yes, yeah. yeah Luke uh, Luke is the primary driving force behind that. Uh, Ernie's usually there as well. In fact, all the Gaiax kids are there. Uh, Elise, uh, all of them. And uh, very, very cool people, very down to earth. Uh, Joe Manganiello's there, Margaret Weiss, Tracy Hickman. Uh, hey, I've heard of some of these guys. Yes, like a who's who <laughs> in uh, old school gaming, and they're there every year. Um, I think this year they're going to have, uh, I think Matt Colville's talking about coming, for you guys to know who he is. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I'm a, I'm, hey, Matt Colville, I'm a backer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, but Jason's got me watching your YouTube stuff now. Yeah, buddy. I know, Weiss and Hickman are some of like the first fantasy novels I ever read, like the original Dragonlance trilogy, mm-hmm. and... Like I love going back and reading them now because it's like just reading a D and D campaign that was well turned turned very well into a novel mm-hmm. series. It's superb, and I have at Winter War two years ago. I was in the vendor hall, and they had the and I didn't think they I thought they stopped printed these the three point five campaign setting for Dragonlands, and I just immediately sta- snatched it up. Nice. I was very happy to find it. They were very nice. Well, when I was going through the game room yesterday and, you know, cleaning up and reorganizing, that's when I found the uh, the yes. map folio for, for us. We thank you for that. And I also found the original uh, Forgotten Realms source book uh, for, nice. for really? AD&D. Yeah. I've seen the redone stuff of that, but I haven't seen the originals. Yes. Yeah. Um, there, uh, next to Rad Raccoon in Bloomington, there's a little um, little books, used bookstore, and they had uh, the, sec- the AD&D first campaign setting for Ravenloft. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, speaking of Isn't you know, Tracy Hickman... is supposed to be a pretty brutal setting? Tra- Tracy Barry. Hickman and his wife, Laura, they wrote Ravenloft, and then they wrote uh, The House on Griffin Hill, which is like the sequel to Ravenloft, the original modules. Um, and I have both of those. Um, so next time I go to GaryCon, I'm going to take those with me so I can get those signed as yeah, well. Yeah, buddy. Curse of Strahd specifically is supposed to be very brutal, um, but Ravenloft is... 
basically just monster filled. You know, it's the horror setting. Yeah, it's the vampires and werewolves and mm-hmm. ghosts and zombies. It's pretty brutal. The original mm. is pretty brutal. You, you ran through it, Mark? Um, yeah, years and years ago, mm. um, I I always wanted to run a group all the way through the module, and I tried three times and only got like a quarter of a way, half the way, <laughs> and three quarters of the way. So it's yeah. Yeah, it's like me trying to run Rise of the Rune Lords. <laughs> Curse of Strahd is the only five uh, E uh, adventure that we've been looking at at all in terms of the books to play through. I have the book if you guys need it. So. I gotta say, Thanks. when I started running Hell's Rebels, I was a little concerned it was gonna be like Rise of the Rune Lords, where you get a certain point and third party wipe, and it's like, screw it, we're done. <laughs> That's always a concern with these. Yep. There's a lot of folk that play a lot of Adventure Pass and don't make it all the way through. Yeah, well, after a certain point as a DM, like, you. With the last time I ran Rise of the Rune Lords and we hit the third total, almost total party kill, I was like, you know, I'm tired of trying to find reasons for your characters <laughs> to give a shit, you know? Right? Exactly. But speaking of such things, uh, I was listening to one of the podcasts that I listened to, and... Your the, list is probably bigger than mine, yeah. Well, I've, I have work in a quieter place, yep. a little easier to listen to, but yep. um, they're, one of the episodes ended with them... They're, so they're running Jade Regent, right? They're oh. in Brinewall Castle... And the DM describes this as there are three <laughs> giant spiders and an edder cap surrounded by two uh, dire corgis and corbies. Sorry, corbies. I was going to say dire dogs? <laughs> yeah. well, Short, short-legged dogs? They literally <laughs> go back and forth with the words all over the place yeah. with that because, you know, it, they sound the same and dire corgi is an amusing and adorable thought. It's hilarious. And um, so one of the one of the players stepped in and was like, you can't surround with only two people. Like that doesn't it's like just yeah. calling out his word usage. Right. So yeah. the next episode starts and he um, he basically makes a little miniature map and says, OK, so here here are the giant spiders in the editor cap. And I want you guys to surround them with these other little dots. And, you know, because you literally can't surround with two. Like, you need more than right, that. So right. somebody used three, the other person used four, one person used six. I'm like, okay, so this is surrounding to you guys? Yeah, yeah, okay. So we'll go ahead and go six dire corgis. <laughs> <not> corgis <laughs> um, he almost killed the entire party. Oh, I bet. He did actually kill one character. And it was like, wow. And then the whole time he's just like, I want you guys to remember, like, this is Puddle's fault because she's the one who called up the word usage. <laughs> I was like... You know, I I can be an asshole about things, but I fucking own up to it. Like, you did this. You, your pettiness, Mr. DM, is what's causing this. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Come on. That was an asshole move. And then he doesn't own up to it, which is an even bigger asshole move. (laughs) Well, let's go back to cons for a minute. Did anybody other than Mark go to Gen Con? No. Thought about it. I... I had a hard enough time getting two days off in a row this I week. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I, I know I didn't. I know <coughs> Kurt did not. Yeah, I just wanted to check with mostly Mr. Will over there. I had thought about it. Actually, a friend of mine um, wanted to go just to see if he could uh, go see the cast of Critical Role while they were there. Mm. Uh, but we just ended up not doing it. Right. Right, right, right. I know... Uh, was it Mark and Brent last year went just to go walking around? Uh, me and Brent went two years ago. Two years ago. I'm sorry. Yeah. just And it was pretty fabulous, wasn't it? It was pretty massive. It, it took us the whole day just to get through, like, the vendor section. Man. We really didn't even get time to stop and play. And that and that was, we, we kind of 
cruised through a bunch of stuff. So, I mean, we paid attention close to the gaming stuff, but there was a lot of board game stuff and some other vendors that we just kind of cruised right past. Right. And it still took us pretty much the whole day to just get through it. Now, we did have to uh, go deliver a gaming table, me and Jason did. Mm. Yeah, a couple years ago. Right, right. I think that was last year, wasn't it? No. No, it was two years ago? Yeah. Two years ago, yeah. So. Crazy. Uh, that's why I, I tell people, like, if you've never been to Gen Con before, do not book your entire schedule. Like, leave stuff open so you can go, because the vendor hall literally will take you all day. And you don't try to go in the first day either, because that is a fucking madhouse. Right. I Just Google Running of the Nerds Gen Con, <laughs> and you will see what we're talking about. Well, I'm, know. I do okay. have a deal with the wife. Uh, yeah. Right now, I'm trying hard to get a month off next year off of work yeah. so that her and I can go to Nepal and hike up to see Everest. Right. Well, the deal is, I do that. I get that much time off work. Uh-huh. The next year, she has to go to Gen Con with me. There you go. So the year I went is when I got to standing in line waiting on uh, the Paizo booth. I got to meet Neil Spicer and Lisa Stevens. So nice. I was, I was pretty happy just about that. That was worth waiting in line for an hour. <laughs> nice. Very, very nice. Your wife might kill someone at Gen Con. Actually, <laughs> we, we have discussed that possibility. For the for the listeners, my wife is not a gamer. She has tried Pathfinder, and she has a problem with only one aspect. There are rules. The rules, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need to get her on Fate Accelerated. Um, but uh, she and I have discussed that, and she's like, you know, I like seeing the uh, cosplay stuff that you show me online and all that, so... I could go, uh, don't ask me to play. I will not play. But you let me go and just wander around and look at the neat costumes and stuff. And, cosplay, yeah. Um, yeah. There's so much to do with Gen Con. She's like, yeah, I, c- I could deal with that. Just if you ask me to play, the deal's off. Right. Does she like craft stuff and things? Because they have all these different tracks for all these different things. I mean, it doesn't just have to be about gaming. Right. She does. Okay. My wife is nuts. <laughs> Diagnosed. and uh, But she, she's nice. She, she likes nice. as long as you're on her good side. She so likes so good. <laughs> all the uh, do-it-yourself type of things. She's got all these, like, a uh, couple years back, uh, we were re- redoing the fencing for the side yard. Well, rather than buy actual fencing and stuff, we went and found someone who had a bunch of pallets that they didn't want, and we took those for free, and then we built our own fence with pallets. And She's uh, really into that crafty type stuff, but her attention span is not that long. <laughs> it's perfect though, because a lot of the a lot of the do it yourself uh, in the, like the craft track they call it, and it's it's all in the guide. You just look it up, and you can put craft track, and and it'll have it. But a lot of those are anywhere from thirty to forty five to sixty minutes usually, and it's like how to do etching, how to make your own dice tray, how to make your own dice tower, how to uh, you know crochet a chainmail dice bag. I mean, there's all kinds of different ones. I mean, pretty much anything that she would be interested in, I think she'd probably be able to find it at Gen Con in the, in the craft section. Right. That's, that's great because Pete's wife needs to know how to make armor. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's really not that difficult. I used to make it when I did Belagarth. It's <laughs> and just, the, the hardest part is just spooling the wire, realistically. Mm. Actually, as far as the armor thing goes, she did actually take a class a few years ago about how to make chainmail. Yeah. Yep. She hasn't made me any yet, but. <laughs> <laughs> Working on it, man. That's Working she, on thinking about she it? She kept it all for herself. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, uh, when you guys say, you know, going back to Gen Con for just a minute, I remember when I was pre-teens. You know, and I would look at Dragon Magazine and various other sources. Now, maybe, maybe in the box. Brit, yeah. When you were preteen, uh huh, you were riding dragons to school and stuff, right? 
Almost. Okay. Yeah, they were just extincted right before they that. were called extincted? dinosaurs, yeah. Pete, not dragons. <laughs> yes. When you you're take one to talk, you got more white hair than all of us. <laughs> yeah, but I'm distinguished. But most of it's facial. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> Back then, when you had to carry your books to school and up uphill both ways in the snow. Wait, wait. No, I, I want to go. Like, where do you? What the fuck do you think kids do now? Like, have them levitate to school? <laughs> carry computers. Well, don't you know? It's 2019. Oh, we got no. the hoverboards. Actually, <laughs> yeah, to, to be specific, it was more than one set of books. You had your education books, and then you had your Dungeons and Dragons books, so you could hang out with your buddies at school. You and know. to be fair, Kurt is right. Nowadays, once you hit uh, junior high, you don't have books. They don't give you books. You, you have a, a Chromebook computer thing. Mm-hmm. And all of your homework and schoolwork and everything is online. A lot of email right. done. Well, so you know, I had to carry my friggin' books. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you're just old enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I didn't think you knew what a book was, Will. I figured everything was digital <laughs> for you. Hey, just because I'm not literate doesn't mean I don't know what a book is. Nobody it's who plays Dungeons and Dragons doesn't know what a book is. Anyway, Britt, we keep interrupting you, and we're running the one time. Yeah. Yeah, back to Gen Con, I always wondered, what the hell is that? And then eventually... In adulthood, you know, middle age even, oh, it's a convention. Wow. You can go there. Wow. It's not that far away. You, it's realistic. You could do it. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and then this is, of course, after having gone to a bunch of smaller conventions, including our own little Farmageddon here in Farmer City. It's amazing to me that, that we have this community now. Now, let's go back to Mark here. He recently went and... Because he's the all-around cool guy that he is, got an impromptu award, special award, very prestigious. Can you tell us about that a little it's bit, very Mark? Nice. Yeah. Um, well, what they're talking about is uh, Saturday Night at Gen Con. Every year at Gen Con, actually, during the specials, uh, the Organized Play Foundation manager, which is uh, Tanya Woodridge, um, she recognizes uh, people that have been uh, made outstanding contributions or devotion to the society, Pathfinder Society, and the organized play community in general. Um, I was really taken aback and totally caught by surprise when Saturday night uh, they called my name while I was prepping for the special, and I went up on stage and they gave me a campaign coin. And I don't think anybody knew what campaign coins are. Challenge coins is what the military used to call them. But yep. If but you didn't have one, you got to buy the drinks? Yes, exactly. Yep. So now I have one. If somebody flops out their challenge coin, I can say, hey, I got mine. Um, but uh, the the coolest thing about it is it gives you a few game mechanical benefits, but it is, a, it is an honor. Um, I was very shocked to get it, and I was very, very happy and uh, just humbled by the whole experience, and everybody was congratulating me. And, I mean, everybody from Paisa was up there talking about Lisa Stevens. Uh, you know, Lisa was up there. Jason Bowman was up there on stage. Uh, Eric Mona, and they were, you know, clapping for me and smacking me on the back and stuff. And Some like, really big names. Yeah, I was like, holy crap, you know, I mean, I mean, I always see these people from afar, but I never got to meet them. Right. And uh, the coolest thing, though, for me is I had a, uh, a pretty low Pathfinder number. I had I was 15033 because I started, uh, well, I registered for the society back in 2008. But this dropped my number to 821. So, wow. And don't don't let him fool you, listeners. He's actually wearing this thing on a diadem around his <laughs> head. So <laughs> humble isn't exactly it's, in it. It's like an Aeon stone. Like it I, just yeah. circles my <laughs> head. Amo. <laughs> Changed my license plate to 821. And <laughs> <laughs> Got a tattooed somewhere. Won't tell us where. That's right. <laughs> you know, this whole thing, man. It's Luckily, it's, it's a three-digit number. <laughs> <laughs> this, whole, this whole trip to... 
You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Kirk? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This whole fucking this whole trip to be, to get here has been interesting. I mean, I I started gaming back when I was in middle school. It was just like really important to me back then, you know, in the Stone Age. And uh, I moved down here, and it was just a great way for me to kind of meet some friends and and bring some people together. And uh, <clears throat> so we started a small group and used to meet in the kitchen. And I dragged my wife into it, and she she put up with it for several months. But uh, a couple years, in fact. Yeah, it 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 grew until uh, you know I met Jason and and Brent and Britt and then his life fell apart. And pretty much uh, poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> now I've turned like you know a big section of my. My living space has been game is sectioned off, and it's it's here for gaming. And just the people I've gotten to meet, the places I've gone, the fact that we now have you know our own con. I never thought any of that that shit would have happened. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, it's been pretty cool to to be around all this, you know. And then you meet someone like Mark, and you know I had some other ties to some of the folks at you know the D and D TSR world, and uh, it's just Come on, say it. It's been a fun ride. It. Say it. I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> okay, I'll say it. Uh, where Kirk grew up, he was not too far from Lake Geneva and knew the Gygax kids um, for a short period of time in his life. Uh, and I, I honestly, I didn't know the kids, but I did have the opportunity to game with uh, with Gary at RockCon, and he did some stuff there. And uh, I knew some of some of Gary's friends that actually helped him with the development of uh, the Dungeons and Dragons stuff. It was just a pleasant surprise. So. Um, Anyway, it's uh, it's been a cool trip, man. Right. What a long, strange trip it's been. Mm-hmm. Long, strange yeah. trip. Anybody got anything else? I love you guys. <laughs> we love you too, Jason. Yeah, you can blame me, my gaming on Jason. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tiffany and I's, I'd like to joke, Tiffany and I's first date was a D&D game. And then, uh, oh. yeah, well, hey. She married me, so it worked right? out. It must have worked. Yeah. Two kids in a house, and ten years later. So. Yeah. Well, well, you're the one that brought Pathfinder to our little group over here, quite honestly. Yeah. Well, I was resistant for it at first, but then when I started, you know, because somebody else introduced me to Pathfinder, uh-huh. and I was sort of looking at it, and I was like, this is nice. Right. Like, this search spot and listener now, like, the skill contention mm-hmm. was the it, biggest thing for me. It was pretty logical, though, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And... Then I started because Pete and his best friend played a lot of Magic, and like, well, now we're family, and I'd always wanted to try Magic. I started playing with them, mm-hmm. but then I started talking to them about Pathfinder, and now they both play. And because I got Pete into it, and his best friend, Pete, into it. Uh, Pete, Pete, repeat. Yeah, well, he's repeat. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pete uh, Hanstadt, his wife now plays, so and right. they've got a kid. I've had the pleasure of playing with the Hanstadt. Yeah. Yep. And one of the other guys in our group that we just introduced, he's got a kid. So in in my mind too, we're like there'll be four kids between my two and their two, and all this other stuff going on. And then like we'll have this future generation of like, you know, as they get older, they'll be able to sit down and play. I I am hopeful Great. for one of my kids. They both tried it. The oldest one is yeah. There's math. Uh, no. <laughs> the youngest one started that way. We dumbed down her character, made like spreadsheets where you just. Roll a die, and then it's this oh, much damage. Like the old Thaco charts. Gotcha. <coughs> um, let wow, her come and that's go. that's an old blast from the past. <laughs> well, she is taking a hiatus, but recently she's been coming over to Jason's house when we game over there and playing with his kids and stuff while we play. <laughs> After they go to bed, she comes over and watches, and she's mentioned a desire to try it again. I'm like, well, 
we'll we'll keep watching for now, but we'll get you a chance, right? And I'm hoping that she gets hooked. Uh, I'll, I'll loan you the beginner box. No hell yeah. Yeah. Well, well I'm telling you, um, back to Gen Con for me. I mean, my oldest yeah. boy Sawyer. Uh, this was his first Gen Con. Okay, wait a minute. How many? How many have you been to personally, Mark? I have only been to three. I got a late start in life yeah. because, I mean, one, I was poor. Well, uh, got your in there. Two, <laughs> two. Whenever, whenever I was old enough, making enough money, my first wife did not want me to do anything with gaming. Uh-huh. Um, so, got your in there. Right. So, so now that I have a new wife, new family, and everything, fifty was a good a good year to go. It oh was, yeah. You know, it was the golden anniversary and all that stuff. So I got to go. But this year. Um, three of my four boys, uh, five kids, went. And my oldest boy, Sawyer, actually GM'd his first con game ever at Gen Con. Brave. And he ran the finale special, Gallowspire, at Gen Con. Wow. Wow, ballsy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he ran three slots, and uh, all the uh, feedback I got from people that played his tables said that he did a, a marvelous job, and they were very, very happy. In fact... Two guys said he was the best GM they had had all weekend. Wow. Like, yep, that's my boy. Yeah, he should be a proud. My boy, Blue. I take it your, your boys listen to the podcast? Um, Spottily, yeah. Spottily. Eventually. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I, they, I think they all know about it because I told them, you know, about it, and I didn't order them to listen yet, but I will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll if you want to be in the will, you fucking it, right? listen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you want any of my game and stuff, you're going to listen, damn it. Hmm? Um, you're going to like it. But uh, Sawyer, Sawyer loved it. I mean, he just I mean took to like duck to water. He really likes Jim and now, and uh, he's looking to become a venture agent in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, down by where he lives. Oh, that's nice. Awesome. I'll tell you, that's one thing I never really wanted to like. It's interesting the concept of being a venture agent, but the amount of work behind it, I'm just like, ah, it's. Yeah. I don't think I could dedicate the time. <coughs> I got maybe when I'm retired. I got approached <laughs> a couple of years ago about becoming one and. With work and everything, I just I don't have the time. Gotta say, yeah. uh, I've only been in gaming for about two years. Uh, well, coming up on two years, and I have never seen something that spreads the way that gaming does. Uh, it is infectious. Everybody it's has heard cancer. of it, and nobody has done it. And then, as soon as you start, everybody's like, "I would really like to try that." Okay, come on. Yeah, everybody, come on, and we do one shots and. You know, some of them don't like it. They they move on, but a lot of them have been like, "Yeah, I would love to do this regularly when I get some time to." Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You, you know, it's well, a you, like a disease. You you hit on something really big there, and, and <laughs> I mean, I know like like Kurt, you know, and and myself, and probably Brett will attest to this. Uh, back when we started gaming, uh, it was not like this. No. In fact, for me to grow up and be here at over fifty, still playing a quote-unquote kids game <laughs> with a bunch of guys that are close to my age, except for you because you're really young. But Unheard um, of, right? Yes, unheard of. I mean, just crazy, crazy talk, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and not only that, but how much popularity and acceptance it's got. Uh, it's it's like mainstream. And, uh, what are you guys laughing about? It, uh, Will's the really young one, but Pete and I are still probably 20 years younger than uh, 
So that's that's what we were talking about well, here. Yes, I mean I know you're all younger than I am, except maybe for Curtis. I don't Shit, know. man, back I'm in them days, Kurt, actually, back in them days, it w- if you had access to a copy machine, you were a god. Oh god, oh, yes, <laughs> yes, definitely, dude. Can you get me some character sheets, dude? Can you run a ditto? Sneak into the teacher's lounge, man. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even imagine having to hand draw all the maps. Oh, oh yeah, on paper. How, how I about mean, how about whenever? Graph paper was your the, best friend. The, the GM or the DM oh, yeah. says, you see a 10-foot corridor. The corridor is 10 foot high and 10 foot wide. It continues to the east to the limit of your vision, which is 30 feet. I've heard this one. So you move 30 feet ahead. <laughs> the corridor continues east for another 30 feet. A lot of theater to the mind, Pete. Oh, yeah. and, and you, Usually you actually, wasn't a lot of life-size maps. You actually drew the map. There was someone called the mapper, mm-hmm. and that was his whole job is to listen to the, the GM and draw the map out by hand on graph paper mm-hmm. because if you didn't, then you became lost in the dungeon, and the dungeon master would make you die. Pretty much, yeah. Random encounters were a big thing back then. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it was funny because it, it was almost all theater of the mind. I mean, we had figs, but we didn't know what the fuck to do with them. <laughs> Most, <laughs> mostly they were just for marching order, right? Yeah, you put them on I the mean, table and say, okay, well, I'm here and the wizard's yeah. there and blah, blah, blah. Combat yeah. was totally different than, yeah. you know. I also, like, I've obviously I did not play back then. I've listened to a lot of stories from people who did and, like, people who worked at TSR, play testers, sure. the old chain mail stuff and things like that, and... The biggest thing they talk about is just the game philosophy because nowadays it's a lot more about the role play. Back then it was a lot more about combat, loot, kill the monster. Oh, yeah, the, the whole greyhawking thing eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, that became a verb. I thought yeah. I thought you started with us back when we were still doing second edition. No, when I came in, no, you guys were learning third edition. Oh, we were okay. well into three, 3.5. You guys were... You guys may have been playing for a little, but you were still learning. Right. Uh, <laughs> we were well into it. <laughs> All right, <Trust> gentlemen. <laughs> and on that note, I do have some things that I have to go take care of, so I'll okay. out. I think, uh, is that a wrap? We got anything else? Anything else? Anybody? Real quick? I mean, I could keep talking, but it's... Oh, we could talk yeah. and talk and talk. Anyway. Anything pertinent? <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Shield Bash is made in association with the Knights of the Octagon and the Farmageddon Gaming Convention. Find us on Facebook at Shield Bash, on Twitter at Bash Shield, or online at Farmageddon137.com. Music by Lee Rosevere. Questions and comments can be sent to shieldbashpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>